Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is the 2nd of March. March, 2023. yeah. Man, how time flies. Football season right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we weren't going to do that intro anymore. Yeah, That's well, what I said on the last it, it definitely applies now. So okay, I didn't say sure. not anymore. Just maybe we needed a new one. That one apparently not. Yeah, every year it's a new team. <laughs> Man, we got a big show for you today. We have a lot to cover. We have new coaching staff to uh, go over. We have some cuts of veterans. Surprisingly. We have the accusation that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are horrible at treating their families. <laughs> uh, we got some news around the league and uh, some other stuff. It's a, We got a lot, lot to cover, so let's just get right into it. In case you're not aware, we've got a new offensive coordinator, Dan Canales. Is He's, that how you say it? Canales? Canales. That's how I'm going to say it. I'm totally unprepared. Probably going to be wrong. You know how I butcher names. Mm -hmm. He is from the Seattle Seahawks. Got a lot to talk about with him. So right off the bat, this was a guy that nobody was calling for. (laughs) I had never even heard his name until we hired him. Yes. I didn't even see where we were interviewing him. He was a totally unknown Right. It seemed like that guy from the Bengals was Your like quarterback the, coach. Mm-hmm. we had, I think, two that we interviewed twice. Um, that that guy from the Bengals and then uh, McCannell from the Vikings. I think okay. we interviewed twice. Yeah. So anyway, they mm-hmm. see, you know, two interviews. You're like, oh, you know, contenders. That's probably the final pool. Yes. And then Eric Bieniemy said that he wanted to go to another team as offensive coordinator. Now, I I jumped right on top of that, actually did a video saying us and the Redskins were the only teams that he would go to, uh, just based on all the things that would be suitable for him in teams that needed offensive coordinator. And then we immediately, the next day, hired Dan Canales (laughs) and Biannimi went to the Redskins. Well, you were right about that part. Yeah, well... It just made sense to me. So that's going to be very interesting to see. With Biennemi, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's try him out. Let's see what he's got. Uh, you know, it, but with this Dan Canales, it is just so funny how everybody in the media, we're going to talk about the media quite a bit too. Has, going back to our roots. Yeah, going back to our roots. <laughs> they have just jumped on the train with him. And it is, it, it's hilarious because we don't know a thing about this guy. Nobody does. Nobody does. He's never called plays before. He, he has gone through a couple of different offensive coordinators that he's uh, been underneath and they've all had different styles. The, you know, they had Russell Wilson at one point. So they were much more, uh, run oriented with their quarterback and then they got Geno Smith and they were much more down the field oriented. So we have no idea what this guy's going to do. And nobody does. That's the pros and cons of it is uh, we have no idea what his style is going to be. 
that's the pro or the con. The pro of it is nobody else does either. <laughs> you know, the whole league. It's going to be hard to get tape or, you know, defend against that offense, at least through. I th- Usually it seems like it takes about five or six games. And then yeah, yeah. other teams, they've got tape on you and mm-hmm. they can kind of get a feel for what you're going to run. Yes. And I've got a, an impression that this guy doesn't know what he's going to do either. <laughs> he might have some I concepts. Wonder- I wonder if he's taken a lot of cues from Todd Bowles. Like, are they going to powwow about it? God, I hope not. <laughs> but but Todd has ideas for how he wants the offense to go. Yes, I got the impression listening to Jason Light and Todd Bowles and all these guys. Uh, you know, they did press conferences at the Combine and stuff. This was a Todd Bowles hire. Oh. Uh, Jason Light gave gave me the impression, and he he said a few things, alluded to the fact that he was kind of involved a little bit, but it was Todd Balls that made this hire. Interesting. Okay. So this guy, the impression I get is he is completely under Todd Balls. This is you know he's going to do what Todd Balls wants him to do. Now, the funny thing is with the media. This is I don't know. It's just weird. You know, the, the media gets wrapped up in things and they push a narrative. They're very much into players they like, coaches they like. And if they don't like you, they are going to run you out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen that happen here with players and coaches at Tampa Bay. And I've, I've seen it all across the league. It happens all the time. And Byron Leftwich, they didn't like because he was not, he did not appease the media. You know, he was he was very uh, abrupt with them, acted like he didn't I, really want to be up there. Didn't I give thought them... he was friendly and kind of goofy, but not informative. No, not informative at all. But he had an attitude towards them. Okay. And they don't like that. Yeah. You know, so they, and you could see immediately when they got the chance, you know, they couldn't do it when we were doing well. But as soon as we started, you know, last year, as soon as we started playing badly, after the first game, basically, they just started attacking him. It was all Leftwich's fault. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to flat out say it was not all Leftwich's fault. It was everybody's fault. Everybody sucked last year. There's only a handful of players and coaches that I would say did as good or better than they had been doing previously. Most of them just as good. Uh, you know, we had guys like Leverett that came in and really stepped up and played well, mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, but Everybody else, you know, Logan Hall, he was a pedestrian. He was a nobody. Uh, Tryon, you know, he took a step backwards, I thought. You know, he had he had a spurt there at the beginning of the year where he did okay, but then after that, nothing. Uh, Nelson, uh, Vita, everybody just, just did not play as well as they have been playing. That goes for Brady, Evans, Godwin, everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so to point to Leftwich and say he was the problem is just ridiculous to me. But he's gone. Media's happy about that. And a lot of it is to do with this guy, Canales. He came in and he gave a 30-minute press conference and just rambled on. And that they loved that because it's the offseason. They don't have a whole lot to write about. So now they get to write about, you know, what he talked about for 30 minutes. And good Lord, have they just... They have beaten the fan base over the head with him. You know, it's 
you know, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to be an upgrade. He's, you know, we need tight ends now because he's going to be, you know, this and that. And our, we're going to have a running style quarterback. You know, during the season last year, we had uh, Tony Romo during one of our games talked about play action passing, motion, and what was it? There was something else. But it was basically play action passing and motion. You know, we, we don't do enough play action and we don't do enough motion. Yeah. Pre-snap motion. That's, that's the key to winning. That's the key to winning, apparently. And of course, the media just picked that up and ran with it. And it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. You know, both of those things have their places, but they are not the end all be all. It's kind of like penalties. You know, one penalty, penalties are not equal. You can't look at the stats and go, oh, this team got, all these penalties, so therefore they, they're an undisciplined team. You know, there's all kinds of penalties that are done on purpose. You know, uh, delay of game penalties when you want to back up the punter. Uh, there's, you know, penalties. Guys will get pass interference at penalties because they don't want the guy to catch the pass and get score a touchdown. You know, so the, <laughs> a lot of penalties are good. Yeah. So you can't look at the stats and say, you know, this team is undisciplined and this is why they lost. They're... Every year, there's teams that are going to the playoffs that are in the top of the penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just it's just weird to me. So Tony went on about the uh, play action and motion. Um, he actually said the same thing with another broadcast that he was doing, yeah. and I caught it. And I was like, "Is this just what he says every broadcast?" Yeah. And in fact, the CBS executives apparently took him aside because he was not preparing for. They had like a come to Jesus talk with him, <laughs> and he was not preparing. He was coming in late, uh, so they were not thrilled with his preparation and performance during broadcasts. And I wonder if the play action and the motion is just one of his talking points. He just reuses over (laughs) and over and over again. And if you're not watching his broadcast every single time, you're not going to notice it. Like we, how many times did we have him broadcast for our games last year? Mm -hmm. Like I I can only think of that one game. So, you know, if you're only seeing him one time a year, you think, Oh, you know, He's analyzed our team. He's watched the game film. No, he's saying that about everyone. You just don't know because you haven't watched him. Yes. And, you know, we we basically ran the same offense for three years straight. Well, you you could say five years, but uh, the past three years, it's it's pretty much been the same offense. Last year, we really slimmed back on our down-the-field shots. Uh, We did do – I wouldn't say we did more running – but we tried to implement more running. It just didn't work out. You know, but it was basically the same offense. So to say we weren't doing enough play action, we won the Super Bowl not doing a lot of play action, you know, not being predicated on play action in motion. But we do plenty of play action in motion. You know, so it's just it's just strange to me. But anyhow, with this Dan Canales, you know, he did his press conference. And all the the media has been putting out. Here's what one media organization said. It said, the Bucs will use more motion, play action, bootlegs, and quarterback keepers to keep defensive honest and off balance. Dan Canales never said that. Never said that. I often think that they put stuff out just to pigeonhole the coaching staff. 
Because I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy that they, you know, that gets to be the narrative. Oh, we're going to have more bootlegs, more play action. Yes. And then the coaching staff feels a pressure to do that. Yes. In his press conference, I went through and pulled out all the times he mentioned play action or bootlegs or anything like this. And he here's what he said at 20 minutes into his press conference. <laughs> he was talking about the run game. Okay. And he said... He was talking about in Seattle. He said, here comes Rashad Penny, you know, and Rashad's been an explosive, you know, play waiting to happen. Uh, adding Ken Walker, he drove me crazy with his, you know, and um, you could tell he's not used to being on the podium yet. So, And I'm sure the media loves that, too, because they get to really get him to say things that he shouldn't really say. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyhow... Adding Ken Walker, you know, and so, so then when it comes down to is you get to have a great system, great coaching up front to just get the play started. And a lot of what, what you do with having the play actions right in the boots, uh, the keepers, it just slows down the backside just enough to give a great player space. And then you see later, you know, um, and some of the runs have come off of that. But it's also about the attitude, right? Just knowing when to uh, just pour it up in the dark crease, you know, and get the ugly two and three early on. And that becomes four and five. And then it becomes 12, you know, and being dogged in your commitment to being able to run the ball in any given situation in any given personnel. I'm sure that made sense to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could pull some stuff out of there and, and string some words together and go, okay, here's what he's talking about. But... He's talking about the run, using play action for the run. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about you increase getting three, four yards, and then five yards, using play action for the run, not passing, for the run. Okay. <laughs> Which is, I don't know what he's talking about there, to be honest, but he's not talking about using play action to hit things down the field and He's mainly using it to to make the backside guy pause, you know, instead of just coming and straight going for the running back. Don't know. But he wasn't using it in the sense that we think of play action to set up the pass down the field. And then five minutes later, he says, so with Kyle, talking about Kyle Trask, he says, so with Kyle, um, the, the quarterback run stuff, quarterback read stuff won't be a big feature. Oh. Of what we do. As far as everything else, that what we do in terms of play actions in the keeper game, he's plenty athletic enough. He's got short, short space quickness. So there he used play action twice in his speech, one on the run and the other one saying, well, we're not going to do a lot of quarterback running and it won't be a big feature. Yeah. Uh, but he, he can do the play action in short space quickness. Yeah. You know, so. So a two-yard, third-and-two right. situation in it's, a pinch. To me, that sounds like a little bit of RPO stuff. And he talked about motion exactly one time, and it was an example about adjustments, which he did not like to use the term adjustments, per his own words, against zero coverage where they motion the fullback out to remove one from the box and Max Protect to throw a post to Jermaine Curse for a touchdown. So the only time he talked about play action in motion was one he gave an example that they used during zero coverage to motion a guy 
for a slant to Jermaine Curse or anyhow. The point being, <laughs> where in the world did the press get that we're going to use a lot of motion, play action, bootlegs, and quarterback keepers? That's exactly what they said. They're putting words in this guy's mouth. Was that Jenaline? No. It was Pewter Report. Oh. So, you know, you, I, I've seen it spread all across the Bucks media that, oh, we're going to be a play action, motion, quarterback keeper. You know, And I don't know where they're getting it from. Do not know. No idea. We don't know what this guy's going to do. We have not a clue. Not a clue. Uh, Todd Bowles talked about it during the press conference, and then somebody asked him about a more balanced offense, and he basically threw that under the bus. He said, look, it's nice to talk about, but you're never going to have a balanced offense. That's true. You know, if you're ahead, you're going to run more. If you're behind, you're going to pass more. It's all about what the game dictates. Good point. <laughs> Interesting. But I I like that. Yeah. But the like, shut up about it. The media doesn't listen to these people, and they don't mm -hmm. watch the games. They just make stuff up yeah. that they want to make up. Well, and Canales, it's going to be hard to figure out what he's going to do because he was a positions coach, yes, right? Yes. Quarterback coach with Geno Smith. Yeah. That's why there's been tons of rumors that we're getting Geno Smith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we don't know. Nobody knows. He doesn't even know what's going to happen. I mean, he could plan out all these schemes and all this good stuff, mm -hmm. but once you... You know, you can have the best plans in the world, but once you get punched in the face, all those plans mm -hmm. go out the window. He hasn't been punched in the face yet. You know, he can he can have the most spectacular schemes in the world. He goes out there in the first series, gets blown up, pick sixes, mm -hmm. fumbles. He's going to adjust everything because he's going to be in panic mode. What's mm -hmm. he going to do when he gets punched in the face? We don't know yet. Yeah, so he's green around the gills. And then we've got Kyle Trask, who if he's starting, you know, he's never been a starter. This yes. will be his third year in the NFL, two years behind Brady. I mean, I love that. Two years behind Brady. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want to try try Kyle Trask out. See I agree. Happens. I agree. Um and I think we're leaning that away. It seems that that's what we're gonna do. Unless we can get, you know, a good 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 one in in free agency, which we just don't have the money for. We're not yeah. going to get Derek Carr. We're not going to get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Geno Smith is probably going to command even more than we would want. So I, th I think Seattle's probably going to end up keeping Geno. Yeah, why wouldn't they? And they'd be out of their minds, I think. So. Don't know. Well, and then people have talked about Drew Locke, too, because he was in Seattle. Yeah. And I guess he'll be a free agent. Yeah. Who knows? We don't. We don't know. We don't know. 16 offensive coordinators new in the league this year. Half wow. the NFL. But that's normal. Okay. It's usually about 13, 12, something like this. Yeah. Uh, we got to figure, like, the bottom half of the league, whoever's not making the playoffs, a good portion of them are looking at new coaching staffs. Yeah, and surprisingly, almost all of these 16 were fired because of performance. It's not like they were moved up, you know, like they were mm -hmm. taken from teams and moved to head coaching positions. Mm -hmm. Only two of them made lateral or above, you know. Wow. So that's 14. And that was the enemy. Yeah, the enemy went to Washington, wow. lateral move, and uh, I think the Eagles offensive coordinator has got a head coaching. I, I'm not sure. Or did he go to the Cardinals? Something, yeah. It's a mess over there. The Cardinals? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't touch that team with a 10-foot ball, man. Well, that's why Sean Payton didn't go there was because of Kyler Murray. Yeah, it's a mess. Which is, mm, 
you got your your quarterbacks a little toxic. Yes. Where he's and he's uh, injured, repelling. You know, he's good ne- coaches. He has never in his tenure as quarterback there as a starter never gone through a full preseason workout with the team. Wow. He's never, you know, training camp and all that good stuff. He's never <laughs> this year it's going to be the like, same because he's injured. Down. Yeah. You know, he'll be lucky if he makes it back for week one. What so. did he have, like, an ACL, right? Was uh, that ACL? Yeah, I think so. Those are, that's a really, that's a long-term injury. Um, but, it, you know, that's a shame because he was an interesting He's got an interesting play style. He's very undersized for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for him to be successful where he was in, I think, his first year, he did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I was looking forward to see him kind of progress. Yeah, but it yeah, just seems too. like he's yeah. not. Yeah. Doesn't quite have the character, I feel like. I don't I don't feel like it either. Yeah. He seems like he's he's all about Kyler. Mm-hmm. Uh so we don't know what we're going to get with Dan Canales, and it's, it's funny how the media is, like you said, pigeonholing. They're 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 trying to make him like he's going to be this modern day offensive coordinator with a bunch of play action and motion and bootlegs and quarterback runs and RPOs and all this good stuff. And we don't know. We have no idea. Uh, Peter Report did talk about how Reed beat the Eagles' defense twice in the Super Bowl for touchdown on plays that involved motion at the snap or movement at the snap, and uh, how the Seahawks were just outside of the top 10 and the Bucks were dead last in doing that, you know, as proof. But oh, my God. It, it does drive me crazy because you can, you can take any – you can make any argument you want using uh, game footage or stats or whatever. If you just ignore everything else, you can do this. And that, this is what they did. They pulled out a, a clips of the Seahawks using play action against the Bucks, uh, play action and motion against the Bucs last year as an example. And they did not mention that Jamel Dean literally slipped and fell down in coverage is the reason why they were able to get that score there. It had Um, nothing to do with the the play action or the motion. That's right. That was when we were in Germany and that field Mm -hmm. was so bad. Right. And we won. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you're like... Uh, in, in that play, the quarterback was immediately under pressure, and he basically just threw it up. You know, the play action did not stop the pressure. I mean, he he got hit, and he you can see him. He's like on his back foot, just throwing it in the air. So, I I don't know. I don't I don't get all this stuff. Uh, but I think that they don't count on people actually watching the play. This is true. Talking this is true. about. You know, and people do rely on them to inform them of stuff so that people don't have to go and do all mm-hmm. the research. You know? Exactly. And they take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, but there's been at least a dozen articles written on Dan Canales and his offense based on one press conference. They have have no, you know, and even in that the Seattle footage, that wasn't Dan Canales calling plays. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. And it's impossible with these position coaches. I mean, you... Give him credit, I think, for Gino coming in last year and just totally reviving his career. I mean, good yeah, for him. Yeah. And I'm sure Dan Canales had a part in that. Well, the one thing I like about Dan Canales that you can just really get from him is the guy, he he loves football. He's very, very intelligent, and he wants to implement things, and he's going to really try his hardest. I don't feel like he's just going through the motions. You know, I, I think he's going to try and do some stuff, you know. But, again, you know, he's stepping in a position that 
you know, you are going to have to dodge bullets constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get it from the press. You're going to get it from the fan base. You're going to get it from coaches. You're going to have to, uh, you know, adjust to defenses, trying tricky stuff on you that, you know, they're, they're going to try to blow him up because he's new. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he, he can put together. And from this coaching staff, I mean, Todd Bowles, he, how long are we going to have? Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. how long do you have? Um, you know, Todd, Todd might be on the hot seat after this season if it doesn't go well. I, we I, don't know. Uh, are you going to be another scapegoat like Byron mm-hmm. Leftwich was? Yeah. I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll he'll be a perfect scapegoat. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you, I mean, it's just the nature of the NFL that you get a very limited amount of time. Um, to prove your worth, basically. Like, if you're not winning, you're gone in a season or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe three if you're lucky. I, I think Todd Bowles, if he does a winning record, you know, I, I don't even think we have to make the playoffs. I think if he just has a winning record, you know, and it could be nine and eight. And frankly, as a Bucks fan, I'm fine with that. Like we've had so many seasons of four and twelve, five and eleven, you know, mm-hmm. under five hundred. I would, I'm, I'm not spoiled by the Brady years because I understand that that's a complete anomaly. I will be perfectly happy post Brady with mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, as long as I see, I mean, you know, you want to see entertaining games, yeah, but. You know, and I want to potential. see potential. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If we take a huge step backwards or we have a disastrous season where guys just do not perform like last year, then then I could see him getting. But they're going to give him a long leash, I think, because he's got a new offense coordinator or a rookie quarterback, yeah. or rebuild offensive line. Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of reasons. Yes, yeah, plenty of excuses <laughs> for him. So I, I think they're going to give him another year. As long as it just doesn't turn into a, a crap fest this year. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I would be totally fine with that as a fan. Yes. Yes. 100%. But yeah. I, I really want to see us win this division again. You know? I know. It, there's, there's, it's still right for yeah. the taking. Yes. Uh, Derek Carr is talking about, you know, he's going to the Panthers. Uh, they're, they're talking about getting him. I, I don't want to see that happen. No. Uh, I, I'd like to see our division stay very quarterback crappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Falcons did release Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're in their rebuild stage mm-hmm. for their offense. In the market. Yep. So, you know, in Carolina, you know, they got a whole new coaching staff. Uh, I don't think Tepper knows what he's doing over there. Yeah. But they got Frank Reich. I mean, I he, he did go to Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, it was kind of a surprise when he got fired. Yeah. But. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. If he hands it over to Frank Reich, that'll be fine. But if he gets in there and starts meddling, which I think he does. I think he does too. Yeah. And you know, I'm fine with like Jerry Jones meddling because he's a football guy. I mean, he's been in football for his whole life. His whole life. And so I'm fine with Jerry Jones kind of style. Um, we say his whole life, but he's old. It's actually only been about 40 <laughs> years, year, yeah, which probably 40, isn't even years. half his life yet. <laughs> <I know. laughs> right. Um, so I'm fine with like Jerry Jones and people, football people, yeah. I'm good with. Yeah. But when, you know, you're a financial guy, 
Right. And you're going to go into a football team and tell them how to football. Right. Like, I don't think so. Can't do it. It just doesn't work. No. No. So, which I'm fine with. Let them continue to be a mess over there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sean Payton gone to the Denver Broncos. Uh, Very strange over there. To, To me, it seems like he's, you know, he, He's being kind of Hollywood with it. You know, he's putting mm. out these videos. It's very strange. You know, he's, it, it seems like he's having fun. He's been in broadcasting for a year. Right. So he's kind of th- learned I, the marketing, marketing aspect. I, yes. I, I really get a sense that he's treating this more as a, uh, as theater than football. Very strange. Very strange. Yeah. But like Russell Wilson's kind of like that. And I think that's been some of his teammates criticism is that he's too like Hollywood about Russell, you know, we'll see if he tries to out Hollywood Russell. <laughs> that's what he's yeah. Doing. And how much like conflict is that going to cause? Because he came in, had dinner with Russell Wilson and his wife. And then the next day he's tweeting at Tom Brady and Gronk to come there. Yes, I, that was very strange. Nobody brought up that he mentioned Tom Brady in that. There mm-hmm. everybody's like, "Oh, he's trying to get Gronkowski to come to the Broncos." Yeah. And I was like, "He he he tagged Tom Brady in this." Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that going to be an issue? Yeah. So how pissed would you be if yeah. you're Russell Wilson? And then in addition, he told Russell Wilson that his people are not welcome in the building anymore. So his like training staff and stuff. Is he still going to have an office? You know, Russell Wilson had an office up in. Apparently that's kind of common. No. Yeah. There were others who said, oh, I have an office. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I forget which quarterback it was. Um. And I think for, like, especially a veteran quarterback, I mean, Russell's been in the league for how many years? Nine, ten years? Long time. Um, I that I don't have an issue with that. Makes sense to me. You might would if you were on his team. <laughs> like, this dude's got an office? I don't even get first-class tickets and he's got an <laughs> office? Okay, so we've also hired some new coaches. We hired George Edwards as our outside linebackers coach. Now, this is a lateral move from the Cowboys. Don't know what's going on at the Cowboys, but they're losing people. Mike McCarthy is not sharing his masseuses. That's the problem. (laughs) Um, That's interesting. And uh, Dallas had a good offensive line. I mean, defensive line. Yeah. Right. And so, okay. Hillman Bowles have worked together. They worked together at Cleveland and Miami. Okay. I like that then. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, not 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 upset about that one. And we could definitely use it because our outside linebackers were just not good last mm-hmm. year. They just did not get any pressure. They they yeah. got to learn something. They got to learn something. And we don't know how Shaq's going to be mm-hmm. if and when he comes back. Uh, what do you mean if? You don't know. You don't know. Stop. I know. Can't take it. It's sad. Sad seeing our our team not be our team anymore. But mm-hmm. anyhow, uh, we also got our the Cowboys running back coach Skip Pete. Another lateral oh. move. Oh, he's our he's going to so be our. Are running we just back coach. coaching all the Cowboys staff? Apparently. <laughs> you know, what's going on with the Cowboys? Yeah. Uh, I like that though. I mean, they've got look at how long has he been with the Cowboys? A couple years. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's not just a one-off thing. A yeah, room that he inherited. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he's got 
he's had uh, Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. And so their their run game has been formidable for yeah. five years. Yeah. I so, like it. Yeah. Not not upset about this. I but- like seeing um kind of these um up I don't I upgrades. It's nice to see Todd Bowles evaluating where we were weak and then trying to address those. Cause these assistant coaches like it's kind of a small a small improvement that you can make just yeah. a little bit, you know, let's get a little bit better. Let's change it up just a little bit and see where that takes us because what we were doing is not working. No. And Dallas beat our socks off in the playoffs. And I think that might've caught <laughs> oh, Bowles's eye. Todd Bowles was on the, in the middle of the field after the game, handing out business cards, <laughs> like give me a call. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, that's a, if you can't beat them, join them, or have yeah. them join you. you yeah. Know, it's, uh, not mad about that. Yeah. Uh, Car- Carson Wentz was released by the Redskins. Wow. Thankfully. That surprised me. Thankfully. I'm very proud of the fan base, the Buccaneer fan base. They have not been scrambling and calling <laughs> out for him. You know, it's a, you see that all across the league. Mm-hmm. You know, when a, a named quarterback gets released, everybody's like, let's get him. Mm-hmm. The... Buccaneer fan base, from what I've seen, has been a definitive no on him. Good. <laughs> yes. Yes. We got a smart fan base. Mm-hmm. Now, there was news. It was it was reported yesterday that we are releasing Leonard Fournette, which everybody expected, but also that we're releasing Donovan Smith. That was a shocker to me. I know a lot of the fan base is very happy about that. I'm kind of, eh, you know. Uh, I, to me, I was on the releasing bandwagon before he got this contract. Oh, yeah. We were on the releasing bandwagon yeah. a year into his tenure. But I would say he, he really improved 2020, 2021 mm-hmm. under Brady. Last year, he certainly took a step back, but there's a reason for that, apparently. Well, he got injured in week one, injured his elbow. He he missed like four games. And Walton came in and, and replaced him. I think Josh Wells came in and replaced him, and then he got hurt. And then Walton came in and replaced him. And I think Walton did great. I really like Walton. He's got great feet, uh, high energy, which is you know always been my biggest knock on Donovan is that he's very slothful at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people complain about his. Uh, his penalties, but to me, the bigger issue is the you know, loafing. The loafing. And, you know, his technique's not the best in the world. I really, really hate his feet. He gets crossed up way too much. Uh, but, you know, Donovan's Donovan. It looks like, he, you know, he's that's just how he's going to be. Mm-hmm. He won't stay on the market long. Somebody's going to grab it. I know. This is the issue I have with releasing him is the market for left tackles is very slim. Yeah. We saw this when we re-signed him to this massive contract. The issue was, who else are we going to get? Right. And yeah. it's a very it's the hardest position on the offensive line to play. Yeah. It's hard to find somebody competent, let alone elite, mm-hmm. at that position. And so, with drafting, you can't. I mean, I think Tristan Wirfs was kind of an anomaly coming into the league, and right tackle is easier to play. Right. But. You know, offensive linemen are not easy to jump from college to the NFL. Yeah, especially left tackle. And you have to develop them. 
in college, it was a Gil, um, our offensive line coach Gilbert that said this, that in college, they're more of bodies in the way. Mm-hmm. And in the NFL, it's a very steep learning curve because there's a lot of pulling Mm -hmm. other things everyone's faster the game's so much faster so it's hard to develop we saw this with get a key last year so you know with at the left tackle position being in the market releasing your left tackle who's experienced um above average i would say probably not elite but above average for Mm -hmm. sure um it's uh I don't, I don't, I don't love it. I don't love that situation that we're in. I understand they did it for the cap hit. And Donovan did take a step back last year for sure, but it's what position does that leave us in now? Right. And I think, but for the cap situation, we would still have him. Yes. I think so too. Uh, we, we just got to discard people because. You know, we're, we're trying not to kick the can down the road any further. So uh, this year is going to be a cheap rebuild. Mm-hmm. They're, we're ripping off the Band-Aid and yeah. just jettisoning. Which I'm fine with. Completely fine yeah. with. Yeah. It just, it's it. The it bill was going to come due eventually. So mm-hmm. it's good to just go ahead and swallow it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sucks. And then what does that mean for like Levante Davin? Yeah, man. Like what's going to happen with him? Yeah. I don't know. Guys, we might not get him back. Man. And Jason Light was very noncommittal about it. Yeah, you know, they they gave the impression they want him back, but mm-hmm. they you know, the negotiations haven't mm-hmm. started yet, so it just might not happen. It sounded to me like they had started having conversations but weren't he was like, Oh, it takes two to talk and uh so I, I don't know if they put out a number that was just laughed at yeah. by Levante and his family. I don't know. Um it, that's going to be a tough pill to oh, swallow. Man, I'll be so sad. I know. <laughs> That'll be another Derek Brooks, mm-hmm. the, the Warren Sapp, John Lynch. I know. Oh, man, those those just killed me. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Smith also, you know, we talked about this last year. He mentioned during a press conference that he had personal issues going on in his life. And the computer report, I think it was Peter Report, said that uh, he had a tragic, let me see where, I want to get the the wording exactly right. Oh, man. I can't remember, but it was a a tragic incident last year. So I don't know what that was all about, but he definitely, you could tell in his Mm -hmm. play that he was just, his mind was not in the game. Yeah. And when we talk about all the penalties he's got, he didn't get near as many penalties as he should have. <laughs> I mean, he was playing like he was just going out there and commit as many penalties as he possibly could. You know, I'd pointed out in the Tiffy videos, but I didn't point out a lot of them. Uh, I mean, there was instances where he was, I saw him purposely holding guys in front of the refs. Like he, he would, I don't know. Like he was just like, I don't give a dang, you know. I am, I am going to, I don't know, just mock the refs or something with my holding. It was very strange, very wow. strange. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, and I was I was shocked at how few penalties he got last year compared to how many he should have got. He was not even his mind was not in the game. 
It was almost like he was angry, like like he was upset at the world, like the lashing team. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and some people, I don't, I don't know what the issue was, but clearly a tragic incident would elicit some grief. Yeah, and so people act out in strange ways when they're grieving. Yeah. So, but we don't know what it was. But the uh, Pewter Report labeled it as tragic. Mm-hmm. So uh, they know we don't. Well, I don't know if we'll ever know. Which is just sad. And then you think about all the tragedy we had on the team last year. Tom Brady's divorce. Uh, Devin White losing his dad in October. Mm-hmm. Well, first his dad got arrested looking at federal prison and then died yeah. in prison. Yeah. And then... Um, Kate Otten. Kate Otten's mother died. and You know, so um, talk about Mike Tyson, that fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Mike Tyson, best boxer I've ever seen. Just you you watch that guy, and he was a ferocious beast, and he was just unbeatable. And then his mother died right before the fight with Buster Douglas in Japan. And everybody was just like, Buster Douglas, he's nobody. Mike Tyson's just going to eat through him. Buster Douglas whooped his ass. And you could see it in the ring. Everybody could see it. Mike just didn't care. You know, he just, he had no umph, no, he was not Mike Tyson. And I, you know, watching all this game film, you can see it on the field. You know, guys play a certain way, you know, it's just all the time. And you can see when something happens. We saw it with Levante David back in Super Bowl year. It was just like all of a sudden his play was just absent. He he looked lost on the field. And it was so unlike him. And we talked about it. Something is going on with him. And I I concluded that it was a, a, a personal issue. Something mm-hmm. going on with his family or yeah. something like that. But just based on the way he was playing, you could tell that there was something outside of football that was affecting him. And sure enough, we found out later after the season that his father had died. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same thing happened with Devin White this year. You know, after I think it was week four, it was during the Atlantic game. Right, right in the middle of the Atlanta game, he just uh, just started playing like he did not want to be there. You know, he was avoiding contact. He, uh, he was kind of just meandering around the field. And I brought it up during the the Tiffy videos that there was something going on with Devin White. And sure enough, we find out later that his father had been arrested and he was uh, uh, put in jail and then he passed away. This was stretched and it was stretched during that period. Mm-hmm. You could see Devin White was not performing well on the field. Same thing with Tom Brady this year. You could obviously see something was affecting Tom Brady off the field, mm-hmm. you know, and we found out weeks into the season, right? That he was going through the divorce and then there was the FTX stuff and all that good stuff. You go, oh, so (laughs) these guys are human, you know, and when things happen in their personal lives, it's impossible for them to not let it affect their professional life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think there's a lot going on with our team personally. Mm -hmm. And I do think it kind of permeates around you. Like you get, Mm -hmm. you know, if Donovan's sad in the offensive line room and and you know what's happening to him and you can empathize and relate with him and he's someone that you care about, like it's going to affect you too. Yes. Uh, We are social beings and everything is contagious. They've done all kinds of research. Like if you want to become obese, the best thing you could do is hang around with obese people. If you want to become fit, the best thing you could do is hang around fit people. Uh, if you want to be intelligent, 
hang out with intelligent people. If you want to make money, hang out with rich people. It's, you know, we are a combination of the five people we hang out with the most. And if you're hanging out with somebody who's depressed, guess what's going to happen? You're going to become depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's just how it is. And I think we had so much on our team of personal issues off the field that it affected our whole team. You know, and it wasn't like it was just the tight end room or the linebacker room. It was the linebacker room, the tight end room, the quarterback mm -hmm. room, the running back room, yeah. the offensive line room. Every, everybody got infected. There was an issue in each room and it affected everybody. And our, our team just could not overcome the mm -hmm. personal issues last year. Mm -hmm. uh, Bruce Arians said in an interview with Rich Eisen, he said that Brady was not himself last year because of all these issues. Uh, and uh, so, speaking of that, Arians also said that he's not going to be around the team as much this year. Uh, last year, he uh, was, you know, he he got in trouble being on the sidelines and all that stuff. So he then he went upstairs during the game. Now he's not even going to travel with the team that much. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna check in with Bowles and like as needed, but he said he's going to mainly focus on golf. <laughs> so he's going to be semi-retired. Yeah. He's going to maintain an office there. Yeah. He's going to participate in whatever he wants to participate in. Yes. Yeah. He's going to make it a fun year for him. Okay. He did not like the Todd Bowles firing Byron Leftwich, but he said it's Todd Bowles' team. He, you know, he handed it to him, so he's not going to give him a bunch of grief over it. I'm surprised. I thought Arians was going to retire this year. Well, it sounds like he mostly yeah, is. He's semi-retired. A lot of rumors about Mike Evans being traded. Stop it. I know. I'm like, no, no, you no. People. But I said that about Diamond Smith. They were the rumors that we we're going to cut him or trade him. And I was like, no, no, no. And sure enough, it looks like we're going to do it. I will have a conniption fit if we cut or release or if we trade Mike Evans. We can't cut him. No. Um, Don't do it. And same I'll thing, revolt. Yeah. Same thing with Delonte David. You know, those two are really the only two that I I am dead set we've got to keep. You know, just they're both elite players. But besides that, just personally, I'll be depressed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I yeah. don't want to go through this again. Yeah. Uh, Levante David, for me, like less so because this is kind of a natural progression of a career in the NFL. This how you oh, see this man. all the time. I, I get it, but it happens pretty frequently and he is. It, he is at that point in his career, yeah. I think, where it commonly happens to yes. NFL mm -hmm. players. And I feel like especially linebackers. And, and the Buccaneers position. are absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. You know, they will cut guys. Like I said, you know, I brought up John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. You know, they're like, once they feel like you're done or that they can't afford you or whatever, they they, they don't have any problems whatsoever cutting these guys. And Levante David is... He's still playing at an elite level. He was mm -hmm. our best defensive player last year. Uh, you know, just if we get rid of him, he will not stay on the market long. He will most likely go to a NFC South guy because they know how great he is. They will snap him up quick. I feel like the Panthers. Yeah, it would be. He's the rife to go. Yeah, because he's keekly embodied. You know, mm -hmm. Levante David would if if he if he was more outspoken and you know more media involved. He would have been right there in the conversation with Luke Keekley uh, because he his stats were better, everything. Uh, he's just such a low-key guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Panthers want another Luke Keekley. 
So they would they would snap. They know David is mm-hmm. you know, Luke Keekly, if not better than Luke Keekly. Mm-hmm. So they would snap him up quicker and crap. Right. And I do not want to play against Levante David. I, Sorry. I, I, the guys he lead. And like what is he he knows everything yeah. about the team. Yeah. Like we'd be effed. Yeah. Uh Mike Evans, just there's there's no question there. You've got to keep him. I just Good group. Get rid of everyone else. Yes, I would. I would get rid of everybody on the team. Keep Devontae David and you know mm-hmm. and, and Mike Evans. I want the both of them to retire a Buccaneer. Dang it. I'm so sick of us. You know, Rondé Barber retired a Buccaneer. Uh Derek Brooks, yeah, we cut him, but you know, he he just didn't go anywhere else. So he basically retired a Buccaneer. Uh, uh Mike Allstock retired a Buccaneer. We don't we don't do it often. It's a shame. We need more, more guys to stay here until they're done playing. I know. And like, what's it going to take to keep Levante? Like a two-year contract, oh, a man. one-year contract. You know what I mean? Like, give it, give him five be, years, two years guaranteed. This is his tenth year, though. I don't care. I just, just don't, give, like give the two. lifespan of a linebacker in the NFL is not fifteen. Look years. at Wagner; he's still killing it. I mean, the Rams are having to cut him for cap purposes, but you know. I mean, these linebackers can play for a long time when they're good. I, I just don't. I, five year? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, three years. He's going to get three. offered a five year contract somewhere. You think so? Yes. But do it two years guaranteed. Cut him out. You could cut him after three years. After two years. Yeah. That's what I mean, by then our cap should be resolved, our cap issues. Yeah. Uh, coach Dory Locust, she signed with the Titans as assistant defensive coach. So she moved up. They kept Vrabel, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I like that. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Jensen is going into business with Garrett Geekly. Geekly. Uh, Garrett Gilkey. Remember him? No. Yes. He he was with the... Oh, my gosh. We had so much fun. You don't remember Gilkey? This was back in uh, 2014. He, play, he played with us... Uh, 2013, 2014, I think. Uh, gosh, the name he, he rings was, a bell, but I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I can't it. Oh, my gosh. We had so much fun with him. He he played with us 2014. Uh, he was actually with the team from 2014, 2016, I guess. But he was put on injured reserve at the start of 2015 season. Uh, then we ended up releasing him at the start of the 2016 season because he just couldn't get over his injury. Anyhow, they're going into business with each other. He, uh, Gilkey's got a design company, building design company called HGC in Tampa. And he built Ryan Jensen, designed and built a Ryan Jensen a home in Colorado. And Jensen's so impressed with him that he's a co-owner now, dumped a bunch of money in with him. Oh, cool. And he's going to expand. He's going to be in charge of the Colorado expansion. Oh, That's cool. Yeah, so it's pretty cool, man. Uh, but, you know, Ryan Jensen with his injury, he was like, I need something outside of football. So. Does he anticipate retiring? I don't <gasps> know. Stop it. Not this year, I can't hopefully. take that. Yeah. I couldn't take that. Okay. Well, I want to talk about the running back room real quick. Okay. So we're going to lose Fournette. Yes. Sad, but. We got we Rashad White. I know Rashad White to me, like Fournette. I love, I love Lenny, playoff Lenny, Super Bowl Lenny, love it. 
I think he'll old head, you know, yeah. that video with him and Tom Brady. Uh, so he'll always be a, a very important part of that season. But I've always felt like he was a journeyman uh, yeah. Yeah. running back. Like he, it, this was always going to be temporary until he didn't need us anymore or we didn't need him. Well, um, somebody came out, I think it was Sports Illustrated and did uh, a piece on it, just kind of a blurb, but said that, he said that he came here because of Brady, and now that Brady's gone, he doesn't want to be on the team anymore. Okay. So, makes well, sense. like, if you don't want to be here and your cat, you know, your price tag is too high for us to bear, like, what's the point? Like, right. just mutually part ways, and I'm good with that, and I understand that. Uh, but why did he sign a three-year contract if that was going to be the case? Yeah. Would be my question. In any case... We got Rashad White, who I think, in my opinion, outperformed Lenny last year. Yes, I do too. Uh, now, Leonard Fournette, very, very good, elite level at certain things. I wouldn't say running was one of them, <laughs> but he was a great pass blocker. He got, <laughs> he got. He's a running back that can't run. <laughs> well, I, it's not that he can't run. He he definitely changed his style last year, and I think it was a coaching issue. I agree, but he's very—he was very good at pass protection. He—he uh, he very much improved in his his pass catching, which was very important to us last year. Uh, well, with Brady, it's very, it was a very important thing. Our system, the running backs are more pass catchers than they were running backs, uh, and he had great vision, or, or not not vision, great awareness to. Uh, read his keys and go where he was supposed to go. He was elite at that. Now, last year, not so much. And I think it was because of the running style that they tried to get these guys to do. Uh, and he also changed his footwork, which I did not like at all. You know, he started doing these little itty bitty steps, mm -hmm. which, you know, uh, Rashad White doesn't do that. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a stretch runner. But uh, Lenny also had an injury, right? A foot injury? Yes, he had that foot injury. So I think that really played into the way he was running too. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I'm like Rashad White, he really increased his uh, catch, catch passing abilities, his uh, blocking abilities, and I do think he's a better pure runner. And I, to me, it's like we drafted him. Yes. So he's a Tampa right, guy right. already. And, and we say we got Keyshawn Vaughn back there too, who has never really had a chance to shine. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, that sucks. But um, he's not a pass catcher, as we no. saw the guy. Yeah, 50% catch rate or something. It was horrible. Yeah. I I, I think he's going to be an NFL casualty. Yeah, probably. In the next few years, which yeah. I always hate to see. Um, yeah. But if you don't take your opportunity and run with it, literally, when you're a running back. You got to do it. You got to do you gotta it. You got to do it. They, these guys don't have a long lifespan. Yeah. So when you get yeah. the chance, you got to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of running backs, Alvin Kamara was finally indicted for his nightclub beating in Las Vegas. That was nice of them to wait until yeah. the season ended. Very, very nice of them. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, this is on video of him and I think three or four other guys, one of them being another player, uh, curb stomping a guy who never touched them, didn't push up. It was just they were standing in line at the elevator. There were some words exchanged, and then they just started curb stomping this guy. Uh this is something I have an issue with. You know, this was caught on video. Everybody knew about it. Now, the the prosecutor obviously waited until the season was over to, you know, uh, put him up for indictment and all this good stuff. Now, 
a player will be released in the NFL just on accusations alone if it's a woman. You know, we saw that kicker, uh, Buffalo, mm-hmm. who, you know, he got cut immediately when this woman accused him of like a gang rape in college or something mm-hmm. like that. Though All those charges got dropped. The prosecutor said there was no evidence, mm-hmm. not enough evidence, whatever. But he was released and smeared, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, his career in the NFL as a kicker was ruined. Right. I mean, he never even got a chance got to a chance. Uh, step on the field. Right. And he's hoping to come back and play, but he won't ever, you know, because no, his, his no name is gonna, tainted. Yeah, no one's going to hire him. And, and we we got to cut this crap out because you see this all the time. These guys will get into fights or they'll do this where they'll gang up on a guy and just beat him senseless. And that's apparently fine. Right. You know, like Willie McGinnis did yeah. it recently. Yeah. You know, the bro- I mean, he's in broadcasting now, mm-hmm. but uh, he went into a restaurant with a group of other people, beat the crap out on of somebody. On video. On video. Yeah. And did he get anything happening? I don't think, I don't know. I don't think so. But then you had um, Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. Get accused by a woman. Of, oh, of, of, we're not even sure what. Yeah, being rude to her. Or yeah, something. something. But um, he's got all kinds of witness testimony that he, in video, apparently, uh, that there was no inner, he just sat there and talked to her for mm-hmm. 40 seconds and it, they shook hands and, it, I, you yeah. know. And she got him removed, uh, the accusation got him removed from any football coverage. Yes, during the week. Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, it's ridiculous. We got to do something about it. It's kind of like the refereeing, you know, there's got to be, uh, something's got to change because it's just getting ridiculous. Uh, Real quick, cover a couple of other things because we're running out of time here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is due $59.52 million this year. What? Fully guaranteed. Who wrote that contract? Well, the Green wow. Bay did last year. Remember, he signed that huge contract and because they, they were really caught in a situation. But now they're in a situation where they're not sure if they want him back. They feel like love could do it. You know, so they might be looking at really, but they can't do anything. Because, and then he's not even sure that yeah, he wants like, to mm. come back. He might retire. Yeah. He's doing his day in, or his week in the cave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, why the hell teams are cutting these ridiculous contracts oh, man. These with these quarterbacks like Matt Ryan, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Derek Carr, same thing. I mean, he got cut from the Raiders in part because he's got like a $40 million cap hit. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun, like Kyler Murray. They're, I mean, they're Lord, stuck with him. For Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. I mean, oh. there's a list. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. It's So it's like half the quarterbacks in the NFL. And then that sets the market. And mm-hmm. then everyone expects. I mean, that was the case with, um, I think Kyler. Yeah. It was Deshaun Watson got that stupid contract, and then uh, Pat Mc, um, Pat Mahomes. I mean, he kind of started it, but he did get like a ten-year contract. Yeah. Uh, it was a few years ago when he signed that, but it was a ten-year contract and like what five hundred million or something. It was just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Really ridiculous. Uh, the Rams are in that situation. You know, they've got they've got five guys on their team that are taking up half their salary. Camp. Oh my god. You know, Cooper Cup. Uh, Stafford, Aaron Donald, uh, I think Wagner was taken up quite a bit, but they released him, mm-hmm. uh, and somebody else. I can't remember, but it was, you know, you're just like, wow, what, how, 
you know, just yeah, th- these guys. I mean, it's crazy. They're making a lot of damn money, but they're also very uh, being kind of babyish in a sense. Mm-hmm. There, there was a article, or not an article, a survey put out by the NFL Players Association <laughs> where they they. <laughs> Because oh, they had questionnaires gosh. for all the players across the league, and they got like 1,500 of them back, and they asked them questions about uh, team facilities and when you travel and the weight rooms mm-hmm. and all this good stuff. Apparently, the Buccaneers got a horrible grade. We got an F grade on travel and a D-plus for treatment of families because we don't have a daycare center in a family room or a after-game family area or something it's the parking lot with bruce arians and his cooler (laughs) like that's the family area uh daycare is called the mothers (laughs) and like what you know that's 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 a little pampering you know i mean these guys are making millions of dollars but then they're expecting the owners to have daycare center yeah i don't know man why would you want to have a daycare center in your stadium I I don't know. I think it's the NFLPA just trying to pressure these guys or these owners to Expand give a bunch of stuff. Expand amenities. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's funny reading all of the – was it the Washington Redskins or the Commanders? as they're The known Commies. Now, the Commies. <laughs> Their description of the locker room was something like – it was just one, one sentence. It was like, yeah, players don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> It cracked me out. It was the it was the weight room. The weight room, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nobody yeah. wants to be here or something <laughs> like that. It was hilarious. Uh, uh, apparently, the Arizona Cardinals are just a mess with their whole organization. The locker room sucks. Yeah, they, they were mad because they get charged for meals. Yeah, they're the only the team. Season. They're the only team during the season too. They're the only team that charges oh players for gosh. meals. They dock it from their paycheck. <laughs> but come on, like you're getting a twenty thousand dollar paycheck. And you can't pay twenty bucks for a meal. Oh my! Like, God. how much are your meals a week? That's Maybe so two hundred at the most. I would say. That's, that's, it reminds me of that movie Moneyball when the players were like the the guy got transferred from another team, and he was like sitting there hitting the the vending machine. He's like, nothing's coming out, and they're like, you got to put money in it. He's like, what? I got to pay for my <laughs> treats? <laughs> this team sucks. Uh, 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 real quick. I want to go over bitch about pro football focus. Uh, they did an article on every NFL team's most improved player in 2022. They had Tryon Schwenka as our most improved player. And I couldn't help but laugh at that. Of course they went on stats. They were like, uh, oh. uh, he was the final pick in the first in the round in 2021. Uh, he took a nice step forward in his second season in the league. His pressure total moved from 33 as a rookie to 48 last year. And his tackle resulting in defensive stop jumped from 13 to 25. What they didn't mention in this was that he's a rotational player in his rookie year, got very limited snaps. And this year, his snap production was through the roof. I mean, he had three or four games where he was, he played 100% of the snaps. You know, I mean, his snap, his snaps were like 300 more than they were in the previous season. So if you, if you sampled that out statistically, he actually went way down in his production value because if you get 13 defensive stops in 100 snaps and in 25 in 400 snaps, yeah, 
that's way, way, way down in production. Uh, but I'm sitting there laughing at it, and I, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look and see who improved more. I couldn't find anybody. <laughs> I couldn't think of a single player who improved, oh, let alone improved. Wow, good. So then so, they're not wrong. I, I would have to he say he was uh, the most just, improved. Yeah, nobody improved. <laughs> he didn't improve. He does his numbers improved. That's, it's just the competition wasn't there. No. Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. Uh, and they also had uh, impressive individual stats. This is pro football focus now, which I can't stand them. I think they're absolutely horrible in their assessments, but uh, the media loves to use them. Uh, Jamel Bean missed zero tackles in run defense last year. Uh, that's out of 340 run defense snaps, which gives the impression that in 340 attempts, he didn't miss a single tackle, which that's not what that means at all. Uh, and Mike Edwards drew zero flags in coverage out of 520 coverage snaps, which uh, both of those are misleading. One, Jamel Dean had a tendency to engage with blockers instead of going for the tackle. <laughs> so he wasn't even in contention for that tackle. Right. He wasn't trying to avoid blockers. Uh, and uh, Mike Edwards... Uh, while he might not have had zero flags in coverage, he had zero in everything else. <laughs> he was not very uh, – he didn't – he wasn't around the ball a lot. Let's put it that way. So uh, don't don't be fooled by them pro football <gasps> focus articles. They don't mean anything. Anyhow, I think we covered everything. I'm surprised. I didn't think I was going to – that's why I was running through all this. Because uh, I had a lot to cover, and I did not think we were going to get through it. We did it. We did it. Uh, I know there was one one thing else too that I threw in my notes real quick, big, 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 but I didn't. Oh, about Tom Brady wanting to be a stand-up comedian, or oh this co- my because he gosh. did that movie, and they said he was funny. So, but I don't think that's true. I think he probably said probably that not. offhandedly to somebody. Just, yeah. and he's just a, a lizard person. <laughs> So the humor didn't translate. Well, now now that he's not, everybody says he's very funny in this movie. But, you know, now that he's not, you know, with uh, an NFL team and has to watch his back, basically, with what he says, he might be a funny person. We might find out he's, you know, got got a character and personality, which he's never really portrayed. No. So we'll see. But he's just really good at marketing. Yeah. So, all that's marketing. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, anyhow, that's about all I've got. You got anything else? No. The league year starts March 15th. So, we'll have, like, cuts and stuff like we did with Donovan, Lenny, um, kind of around that period. And so, in the next two weeks, we might hear a lot about cuts and um, with our team and around the league. And they will take effect after March 15th. Yes. Or I think that's like the deadline. Yes. March 15th. Yeah. So. A lot of players will be cut mm-hmm. before then because of salary cap issues. And then a lot of players will be cut after June 1st. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we will be looking forward to all the players on the market that we will never be able to sign. <laughs> we ain't getting no free agents, no. man. It ain't we happening. can't afford anybody. We can't even afford our own players. I mean, we got enough free agents, though, in the last three years come to our team. Yeah. 
that we never would have gotten otherwise. And I mean, that lasts us like the next 10 years. Just yeah. Knowing, we, hey, free agents wanted to come here one time and we didn't have to pay them a gazillion dollars. Right. And <laughs> the, we're stuck in the boat now where we don't have Tom Brady, who is an allure. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a shaky coaching staff. We've got an offensive scheme that nobody knows. <laughs> Even the offensive coordinators knows what it's going to be. Uh, and we don't have any money. Yeah. So ain't no veterans going to want to come here. Yeah. You know? We can't over. And even if they were going to come here, we would have to overpay for them to come here. And yeah. we can't. We can't. So. so we are rebuilding a new team with a bunch of cheap players. It can be It'll be fun. fun yeah, maybe. it's fun. Yeah. You know, we, we, we could be, you know, another 2010 Youngries. Yeah. You know, look at that team we built. God, that was a great team. Man. And you really do. There is an advantage to nobody knowing mm -hmm. who any of these players are. Like Kyle Trask, no one mm -hmm. has tape on him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've got a ton of, uh, it, there's an upside to that. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. So, so it's, it's going to be an interesting year. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Yep. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.